Howdy, everybody. The following is a recorded discussion with our Attorney General for the Republic State of Texas, Chaplain Raymond. Today we are going over the Authority of Law book by Charles A. Wiseman. This is the sixth in the discussion we've been having on this book. Our topic for today was mandatory requirement of an enacting clause, which can be found on page 16 and continues through page 20. Hope you enjoy. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Republic State of Texas afternoon class on Maxims. Today is the 21st of February, 2011, and we're starting on the, the mandatory requirement of an exacting clause. No one is prohibited from making use of several defenses is the maxim that's included today. Let me repeat that. No one is prohibited from making use of several defenses. You, are, you, you, can, you have the right to defend yourself in multiple ways in addition to stepping aside. All right, let's get on with the with the session. Uh, okay, the mandatory requirement of an enacting clause. The question has often been raised as to whether constitutional provisions that call for a particular form and style of laws or procedure for their enactment are to be regarded as directory or mandatory. The question is critical since its use will have an effect on the validity of a statute or law. If such provisions are directory, then they are treated as legal advice, which those in government can decide whether or not to follow. But if mandatory, such provisions must be strictly followed or else the resulting act or law is unconstitutional and invalid. Uh, may I just address a little bit on this provisions are directory. We, uh, since it's advice, anytime an officer of the government works in that capacity, you can think of that as discretion. And there is a crime or a claim that you can make against officers of the government, which is called abuse of discretion. And just keep that in mind. So they may decide not to do it, in fact, when they should have, then that would have been abuse of their discretion. But in this kind of directory advice, like whether you should include a little three words or not, it's considered strictly as optional. Mandatory is a different story, however. While a few courts at an early held that such provisions were merely directory, the great weight of authority has deemed them to be mandatory. In speaking on the mandatory character of enacting clause provisions, one legal textbook states, the view that this provision is merely directory seems to conflict with the fundamental principle of constitutional construction that whatever is prohibited by the Constitution, if in fact if in fact done, is ineffectual, has no effect. 
and the vast preponderance of authority holds such provisions to be mandatory, and that a failure to comply with them renders a statute void. When something is directory, its usage is only an advisable guide and can be ignored. But the requirement of an enacting clause is based upon its ancient usage in legislative acts. A declaration of the enacting authority in laws is a usage and custom of great antiquity, and a compulsory observance of it is founded in sound reason. In other words, it has been used and used and used and there is built in the people an expectation to be able to look for such a thing and find it so that they learn to rely upon it and assume if it's not there, they don't have to do it. Then it becomes a compulsory observance. Okay? The Supreme Court of Illinois under consideration and ordinance with no enacting clause. The court expounded upon why the lack of a clause invalidated the law. Upon looking into the Constitution, it will be observed that the style of the laws of this state shall be being enacted by the people of the state of Illinois represented in the General Assembly. That's Article 4, Section 11 of that Illinois Constitution. The foregoing sections of Articles 3, 4, and 5 of the Constitution are the only ones in that instrument prescribing the mode in which the will of the people, acting through the legislative and executive departments of the government, can become law. That these provisions, giving the form and mode by which valid and binding law acted, are in the highest sense mandatory, cannot be bound, cannot be doubted, that it follows that this resolution cannot be held to be a law. It is not the will of the people constitutionally expressed in the only mode and manner by which that will can acquire the force and validity under the constitution of law for this legislative act is without a title, has no enacting clause, and is sufficient to deprive this expression of the legislative will of the force and effect of law. And the same did not become, therefore, and is not legally binding and obligatory upon the respondents. The court concluded that the constitutional provisions regulating the form and mode of laws, such as the enacting clause and title, are an essential and an indispensable part of the process of making laws. The Supreme Court of Arkansas on several occasions ruled on the necessity of an enacting clause. As long ago as 1871, this court in Vincent v. Knox 27 Arkansas 266 held that the constitutional provision that the style of all bills should be quote 
be it enacted by the General Assembly of the State of Arkansas, unquote, was mandatory, and that a bill without this style was void, although otherwise regularly passed and approved. In a case in Nevada, a law passed the legislature without a proper enacting clause raising the question of whether the constitutional enacting clause was a requisite to valid law. The court said it was because the provision was mandatory. The said section of the Constitution is imperative and mandatory and a law contravening its provisions is null and void. If one or more of the positive provisions of the Constitution may be disregarded as being directory, why not all? And if all, it certainly requires no argument to show what the result would be. The Constitution, which is the paramount law, would soon be looked upon and treated by the legislature as devoid of all moral obligations, without any binding force or effect, a mere rope of sand and held together or pulled to pieces at its will and pleasure. We think the provisions under consideration must be treated as mandatory. Every person at all familiar with the practice of legislative bodies is aware that one of the most common methods adopted to kill a bill and prevent its becoming a law is for a member to move to strike out the enacting clause. If such a motion is carried, the bill is lost. Can it be seriously contended that such a bill with its head cut off could thereafter by any legislative action become a law? Certainly not. This case was cited and approved by the Supreme Court of Michigan, which also stated, I've forgotten what page I'm on. It will be an unfortunate day for constitutional rights when courts begin the insidious process of undermining constitutions by holding unambiguous provisions and limitations to be directory merely to be disregarded at pleasure. In Montana, a case arose that involved a statute with a defective enacting clause. The Supreme Court of Montana, after quoting the constitutional section relating to the enacting clause, held that, <clears throat> excuse me, these provisions are to be construed as mandatory and prohibitory because there is no exception to their requirements expressed anywhere in the Constitution. We think the provisions of the Constitution are so plainly and clearly expressed and are entirely free from ambiguity that there can be no substantial ground for any other conclusion than that Chapter 199 was not enacted in accordance with the mandatory provisions of that instrument and that the act must be declared invalid. invalid. In affirming this decision in a later case, the same court said that the enacting clause of a bill goes to the substance of that bill. It is not merely procedural. 
That's significant. That is extremely significant. The Gord also said that a resolution could not be regarded as a law because it had no enacting clause without which it never became a law. The Court of Appeals of Kentucky held a statement for not having an enacting clause, holding that all constitutional provisions are mandatory. The Court of Appeals said, certainly there is no longer room for doubt as to the effect of all provisions of the Constitution of this state. By common consent, they are deemed mandatory. No creature of the Constitution has the power to question its authority or hold an operative any section or provision of it. The bill in question is not complete. It does not meet the plain constitutional demand. Without an enacting clause, it is void. The mandatory character of laws was examined by the Supreme Court of Tennessee, which reviewed many other cases and concluded the following. The Supreme Court of Tennessee said, the provision we are here called upon to construe in plain and unambiguous words. The meaning of it is clear and indisputable, and no ground for construction can be found. The language is, quote, the style of the laws of this state shall be, unquote, etc. The word shall, as used here, is equivalent to must. We know of no case in which a provision of the Constitution thus expressed has been held to be directory. We think this one clearly mandatory and must be complied with by the legislature in all legislation, important or unimportant, acted by it, enacted by it, otherwise it will be invalid. Now, this case was quoted by the New Jersey Superior Court, which cited the following from the case. The provisions of these solemn instruments, constitutions, are not advisory or mere suggestions of what would be fit and proper, but com commands which must be obeyed. The Supreme Court of Minnesota, in one of the landmark cases on this subject, held the following regarding the enacting clause provision of its Constitution. Upon both principle and authority, we hold that Article 4, Section 13 of our Constitution, which provides that the style of all laws of this state shall be, quote, be it enacted by the legislature of the state of Minnesota, unquote, is mandatory. And that a statute without an enacting clause is void. Strict conformity with the Constitution ought to be an axiom in the science of government. Section 45 of the Constitution of Alabama prescribes that the style of laws of this state shall be, be it enacted by, be it enacted by the legislature of Alabama. In determining the nature and purpose of this section, the Federal Circuit Court of Alabama stated, Complainant correctly urges that this section is mandatory and not directory. 
that no equivalent words will suffice, and that any departure from the mode prescribed is fatal to the enactment. Since, if one departure in style, however slight, is permitted, another must be. And the constitutional policy embodied in the section would soon become any force whatsoever. The Supreme Court of Georgia said, the use of an enacting clause is essential, and without it, the act they had under consideration was a nullity and of no force and effect as law. This decision was based upon the traditional use of an enacting clause by Georgia's General Assembly. In an earlier decision, the court held that a measure containing no enacting clause had no effect as intended in a legal sense. The Supreme Court of North Carolina held that an act prohibiting the sale of spirituous liquors is inoperative and void for want of an enacting clause as prescribed by the Constitution. The very great importance of the Constitution as the organic law of the state and people cannot be overstated. It is not to be disregarded, ignored, suspended, or broken in whole or in part. When it prescribes that a particular act or thing shall be done in a way and manner specified, such direction must be treated as a command, and an observant of it essential to the effectiveness of the act or thing to be done. Such act cannot be complete. Such thing is not effectual until done in the way and manner so prescribed. This case was later approved by the court, holding that the enacting clause is mandatory, and thus the act under consideration which had no enacting clause must be regarded as inoperative and void. It further said, to be valid and effective, the acts of the General Assembly must be acted in conformity with the Constitution. The Supreme Court of Missouri held that constitutional requirements such as that for an enacting clause are mandatory and not directory. The case involved an initiative measure by the people which was without an enacting clause as required by the Constitution. The court said that under such a requirement, the omission of an enacting clause in a proposed initiative measure renders it void. Earlier, the court held that where a law fails to conform to such provisions, there is no other alternative but to pronounce it invalid. In a similar case in Arkansas, a legislative initiative under the state constitution required to have a specific enacting clause, but the initiative involved had no such clause. The court held this constitutional requirement that the measure sought to be initiated shall have an enacting clause is mandatory. There is absolutely no enacting clause in the measure here involved, and therefore the petition is not legally sufficient. The absence of the enacting clause is a fatal defect. The dangers of not treating such provisions as mandatory have been noted. 
It seems to us that the rule which gives to the courts and other departments of the government a discretionary power to treat a constitutional provision as directory and to obey it or not at their pleasure is fraught with great danger to the government. We conceive of no greater constitutional government and to the rights and liberties of the people than the doctrine which permits a loose, latitudinous, discretionary construction of the organic law. That an enacting clause provision is mandatory and not directory, and that its absence renders the law invalid was also held by the Supreme Court of South Carolina and the Supreme Court of Indiana. These provisions relating to the mode of enacting laws have been repeatedly held to be mandatory and that any legislation in disregard thereof is unconstitutional and void. Thus, laws which fail to adhere to the fundamental concept of containing and an acting clause lose their authority as law, the name of our course. It thus would seem quite clear that the lack of enacting clauses on the laws used in revised statutes or the U.S. Code have no sign of authority and are void as laws. It was not a choice of Congress or the legislature to approve of laws which have no enacting style. The use of such form and style for all laws is mandatory, and any failure to comply with it for any reason, such as for convenience, renders the measure void. The absence of an enacting clause provision in a constitution. Well, Chaplain Raymond, um <clears throat> That's actually for tomorrow, if you want to save that for tomorrow. Thank you for interrupting yeah. me. I need to take a drink of water here. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow uh, is a page and a half. Well, we'll probably undertake a little more of the next session after that. Yeah, okay. This, what we'll talk about tomorrow is what about the uh, usage and custom is what we'll be getting into. The, they felt it unnecessary to clutter the Constitution with such statements written in the 1790s hmm. with such common knowledge. <laughs> now, uh, okay. Chaplain um, Raymond, I'm, go ahead. I'm looking at all these cases at the bottom of these pages, and the latest one I see is 1972, um, in North Carolina, I guess it is, um, which brings up the question, what happened? Um, <laughs> have we, you know, the topics we've gone over are mandatory requirements, um, historical um, usage, um, constitutional requirements. Um, how has it changed to the point that we don't have enacting clauses in our um, codes and statutes and all that today? Um, mm. Well, it gets um, 
if anybody's ever opened the U.S. code book, there is a statement in there by the Speaker of the House. And he goes into some length to explain why some of the law hasn't been passed into positive law. And he explains it's because of mistakes. <laughs> so the code is looked at as having mistakes in it. But you would think that, you know, after 30 or 40 years, they would have found them and got them fixed. But the real problem is they are defining relationships between sovereigns in these codes and between sovereigns and the government. That would not pass constitutional muster. If they were to pass them as laws, they would be remiss in their duties for not checking for constitutionality. I just heard recently that the newest Congress is going to set up a committee to review each and every bill that comes before it to make certain that it's constitutional. And the answer to your question is these codes are prepared not as laws. How comes if they're so if they're not laws, how comes they're quoted all over the place when you go to court? All the lawyers are so accustomed to thinking about it as laws that you that's what they refer to, USC such and such. USC such and such. And that's how our activities are governed. Well, it is terms and conditions. They are law rules. Let's not call them laws. They're rules that you have agreed to be subject to purchase of your being by virtue of you being party to a contract. Remember contracts are built on rights and duties. Okay. And when you sign and accept, you're consenting that, okay, I will use that book called Title 26, Internal Revenue Code, as the contract I'm entering into with you. And so that everything in there is the terms and conditions of a contract. Now, with the contract, they don't have to go to a common law court. So they can do away with common law. What they have, then, is a contract court. Now, we'll refer to that as commercial court. All they have is commercial courts for the sheriff to take people or anybody to take people. And that's why you must be acquiescing and accepting and understanding you must be agreeing to the contract. That's why you must sign first when you get a parking uh, a speeding ticket. Parking tickets are a little bit different. Who who pays that? Somebody? <laughs> the car? <laughs> I've had people park my car and get a ticket, and then I had to pay it. Well, I wasn't the guilty party. Well, it was my car. 
it was my car that was so bad that day. Anyway, the uh, we're the business of looking at the codes as contracts is a little bit exotic at this point in your knowledge, but the point is knowing about the analysis and its value and how conscientiously it goes. Now, I'm going to read you this again. Complaints correctly urges complaint. I'm, I'm sorry. What was my? I was looking for the one on the Constitution. Um, that's. Oh, here it is. Page. The one on page 20. The dangers of not treating such provisions as mandatory have been noted. It seems to us that the rule which gives to the courts and other departments of the government a discretionary power to treat a constitutional provision as directory and to obey it or not at their pleasure is fraught with great danger to the government. Now think of some of the things you've heard in the operations of Congress. I've heard people say just that. That the Constitution's old, should be replaced. We don't need to pay any attention to that anymore. We can conceive of no, no greater danger to constitutional government. That is a true, true, true statement. And to the rights and liberties of the people, than the doctrine which permits a loose, latitudinous, discretionary, construction of the organic law. And that's why the, the selection of words in writing a constitution should be those which can have a fairly explicit meaning. So if we play games with our constitution, you lose it. If you don't speak up and defend it when legislatures do things like Obamacare, you lose your right to defend and have it removed. Anyway, are there any questions? Yeah, I'm sorry to butt in there um, and, and throw a question at you. Does anybody have a, any questions for Chaplain Raymond? It's like that statement we have on the Republic Keepers. It says, failure to overtly defend one's rights means one loses those rights, and failure to defend the rights of another means one loses those rights, too. It's a, it's a form of acquiescence, or acquiescence. Uh, let's go ahead and stop the recording. Okay.